JM in the AM. With us live from Israel, with us live from uh, Jerusalem, the holy city, somebody who uh, who calls me his radio Rebbe. If, uh, if he's 1% accurate, if he's 1% accurate, then I t- take amazing pride in that. Yishai Fleischer, who is uh, an amazing uh, radio personality in his own right and always seems to uh, give the proper message, no matter what the circumstances, joins us during these times in uh, Israel. Yishai, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, and indeed you are my radio ready. <laughs> I came up with that. That's right. That uh, is my, uh, that's a trademark of mine. Like I say, if it's 1% true, I uh, take it to heart. I can tell you that much. Uh, tell well, us. One thing is for sure is that you're, you're bringing the message of, of Israel out to uh, New York and, uh, and the surrounding areas and to so many Jews who right now probably feel very disconnected. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what a great service. Very important right now. Well, I appreciate that. You give us a chance to feel a little bit more connected. Uh, you have a unique way of uh, describing the feeling, describing the mood, the atmosphere. Tell us about life in Jerusalem on this Wednesday. Well... You know, Nachum, uh, I'm, I've been, uh, I was born in Israel, I've been around here for half my life. I was in New York and New Jersey the rest of the time, and I've seen a lot of conflict, and I can tell you that there's something special about this conflict. There's definitely a tension in the air that's a little bit different, and it has something to do with how the things, you know, the, the history of this conflict rolled around. And basically it started with this kidnapping, which in our minds lasted about 19 days, I mean Israelis' minds, right. lasted about 19 days because although they were killed probably in the first moments uh, of their capture, uh, they were murdered, excuse me, uh, these three young men, we were searching for them for 19 days with a lot of hope. And the more time that went on, the more there was emotional investment in this story, the more we got to see these mothers who represented, in my mind, an Israel that not a lot of people always get a chance to see. We get a chance to see a lot of the Hollywoodization and, and things that aren't so proper or often on the TV screens. Suddenly you saw these incredible three mothers, their courage, which, which was just so the strength that they emanated with Tzniut, with, with, their, with their modesty and at the same time their beauty. And the more time went on, the country became more and more interested in this story. Then, the, the climax of that was finding that the bodies had been found and, and were murdered, and as I said, in the first few minutes, and the uh, first few hours. Um, then, after that, immediately after the nation saw this massive funeral with heads of state and beautiful words, suddenly there was, this, there was this other side of the story, which is that suddenly it seemed that some Jews had killed a young Arab boy, and there was a lot of declarations of sorrow and, and of uh, self-searching, a doubt, self-doubt about if we're actually, you know, more moral or not. And there's, there's, there was another kind of emotional surge that had something to do with that. Then there was this rocketeering uh, um, chapter of this of this conflict, and the rockets that are flying are also not usual because instead of being just mortars and and regular. Uh, kind of range rockets, we're suddenly seeing rockets being shot towards Tel Aviv and now towards Haifa and last night towards Yerushalayim. So I myself heard the air raid siren. And I'm not even done there yet, Nachum, because there's one more thing, which is we saw 
the riots in the streets of places like Umar which is in the north of Israel, and in the south of Israel, the Bedouins. And in Jerusalem, we saw Arabs uh, destroying beautiful rail, uh, light rail stations in their neighborhoods. We saw riots with massive rock throwing. We saw the police uh, not getting the orders to fully suppress those riots. So we saw real, real destruction and real uh, conflict in the city that tries so hard to stay united. There were elements that were trying to disrupt the unity of the city. And all, put that, combine all of that together into this chalent of a conflict that is a little bit unusual. It's not just Hamas shooting a few rockets and us responding. It's something a little bit bigger, and it's got more, how can I say it, it's a little bit more in the guts this time because of all those things that yeah, I told you. I understand that. Yishai Fleischer with us, Operation Protective Edge, Tsuk Eitan, is happening as we speak. Um, we read yesterday about the possibility of uh, a large call-up of reservists. They are on reserve, so to speak, uh, waiting word. Um, uh, we, we know the, the depression, I don't know if that's the right word, the sadness, the panic, the, the apprehension, the tension that rises in Israel when that type of announcement is made. For the reasons you just mentioned, is it a little bit different this time? Well, you know, Nachum, it, uh, it kind of just depends on which side of the aisle you're at. Uh, I know that in many homes, uh, wives are extremely apprehensive, and some husbands have the attitude of, put me in, coach, put me in, because right. people want to fight uh, bad guys and want to create safety in our country. And you use a lot of words like apprehension and fear, and there's definitely a good dose of that. But I think also that there's a, a dose of uh, um, heroism, courage, fierceness, pride that comes comes about when such a situation happens. Um, and the country, uh, as I told you, as we started talking about the, the 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 three abductees had an element of causing a unity in in the nation. And there's definitely this kind of sense that we are. Kind of like the name of the operation, where Tsuk Eitan, they call it, what's the English translation, Nachum? Protective Edge. All right, so I don't know why they, why they change it from Hebrew to English, because in Hebrew, it means a, a rock cliff that is like steady, a kind of, you know, Gibraltar rock. Right. And I think that that's an accurate description of how Israelis uh, should and, and could and, and oftentimes do feel, which is this kind of, uh, we will not be bullied around here in the Middle East. And I think a very accurate uh, thing to, to kind of comprehend is that there's a, basically, we are ensnared in a jihadist type of a war right now. If it's from Gaza or if it's from riots, you know, and other players are also chiming up right now. We have this, this ISIS creeping and crawling through the Middle East. So there's definitely the sense that there's a jihad around us that wants to kind of tighten the noose. But on the other hand, that's what I was saying, that, 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 you know, in such a situation, oftentimes in Israel, there's this completely otherworldly courage and fierceness that, that wells up within us. Of course, it has everything to do with our uh, reliance on, on the Kodesh Baruch Hu, but it also has everything to do with the fact that for the last uh, 2,000 years, we were homeless and stateless and did not have an IDF, and now, you know, we, we have a state and we have a leadership and we have an army that seeks to... 
um, ensure the, the safety and the, and, the, and the good, decent life of all Israeli citizens, Jews and non-Jews. And right now we're under attack, and we're going to do everything in our power to repel that attack and to suppress that attack. You so, yeah, there's an element of, 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 of uh, trepidation, and then there's an element of, uh, uh, of a will, the average Israeli, to say enough is enough, we have to put an end to this. Uh, Yishai Fleischer with us from Israel. Um, we're trying in as responsible a way as possible, and this has happened before, and we've been able to take the role of reminding everybody how important it is to keep the corridor between the United States and Israel open. And if people have planned trips this summer, they should go on those trips. And if uh, if kids are on summer programs, thank God we're dealing in an era where the summer programs are uh, very, very in tune with the you know the, with the safety issues and are and are very well organized in that way. And I bring this up with you because uh, you you've been here, <laughs> you you remember uh, life here in the United States and the apprehension, especially a generation ago, uh, when rockets were falling in Israel, of some people to travel, other people who wanted to leave Israel, etc. I could tell you that till this point, based on our research. All the programs are still going. 99% of the participants are heading. Very few people that I know of are changing their summer plans. Um, it, it, things are just are different. For whatever reason, we could analyze it from today till tomorrow. But again, you are very familiar with the mentality around here. What positive message can you give our community on this side as we continue to pray and we continue to say to them and we should continue to keep this corridor open? What words of encouragement can you give us about our role in this entire operation? Well, the most important thing I could say about that is that if you canceled your trip, you would be fulfilling the exact wish of the terrorists. That's exactly what they want you to do. They want you to be afraid of having a part of Chalik in your, in your land. Uh, they want you to be afraid of coming to the Holy Land. They want you to be uh, to have images, negative images of Israel in your head. They want that college kid to not think to himself, you know, Israel is also my country. They want him to think, what do I need this for? It's just a mess. So they uh, want to create that very atmosphere, and the name of that atmosphere is terror. It's to it's to cause fear. It's to cause a sense that uh, we cannot. Uh, 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 be part of it, that we should not, that we don't need it, that we don't need to own it, and, and so therefore that's exactly their victory. And, and quite the opposite, when we do come to Israel fearlessly, or at least overcoming our fears, let's not forget what, what our sages taught us, uh, uh, who is a hero, the one who can overcome his, his desires, his fears, his, his inner kind of... Um, voice. Yetzer, whatever, what, uh, do you, what do you call that? His inner voice. He's able to conquer the yeah. negative voice that's in him. Right. So right now, the, the terrorists, what do they want to do? They want to create terror. And I define terror as the broadcasting of fear. They want to broadcast fear to you. So if you become afraid, that's because that's exactly what they're trying to do. So we cannot let them do that. We simply cannot let them do that. We can't let them defeat us. And, of course, when you come here at this kind of time, first thing you teach your children, you teach your family what courage is which is such an important value in these days. You teach them real courage, and life needs courage. So you show them that you, you're willing to stand in Israel in the tough times, and when you, when you come here at Dafka, especially at this kind of time, you really show courage to your children and to yourself, and certainly to fellow Israelis, I mean fellow Jews living in Israel, that you show them that, like, you know, we will not be 
uh, torn apart in the sense that the 5,000 miles between Israel and America will not keep us, as, uh, will not separate us to two peoples. We will remain united as one people. That's at this time. Our enemies should see that the more that they attack us, the stronger we get, the more united we get, the more empowered we get. And, and that's our, uh, you know, that, that courage and that fierceness and that devotion to the love of fellow Jews and the love of the land of Israel and, and the love of Hashem who dwells in Zion, those are the things that, that are, are our eternal strength. And, and the Hebrew word for victory is the same word as eternity. It's netach. And right now, at this very moment, that's exactly the time when we, when we need to show courage. And I'm telling that to all my friends. People call me, regular friends call me, and they say, listen, I'm afraid, this and that, and, you know, my kids are in a shelter, and I say to them, I understand, and I'm with you, but right now is exactly the moment when you need to broadcast courage. If it's broadcasted to your kids, broadcasted to your neighbors, broadcasted over the radio. However you can send out the consciousness of courage, this is the time to do it exactly. And uh, that's, that's, that's how Jewish people fight in a time of war, with, with that kind of courage and audacity. And so it's audacious to, to fly to Israel right now, and, it's, and that, there's a beauty in that, and people should strive for that. And, of course, they're going to have a great time, and maybe prices will be a little bit lower. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the enthusiasm to get there continues, it may not lower the prices, but no complaints, I guess. Um, finally, Ishai, you uh, observe, obviously, the political scene very closely and uh, uh, always interested in the way you see things uh, as they're happening. Can the Prime Minister of Israel, who has exhibited uh, a lot of what you described in this conversation, a lot of the, the pride, the, uh, uh, the feeling of, um, you know, that there's no choice but to go ahead with an operation like this, can he withstand the pressure? You know, it's interesting. Someone said to me yesterday, as they're watching cable news, they said, you know, it's funny. They don't even need to put on anybody from the opposition anymore. The anchors do such a good job trying to destroy the representatives of Israel. They don't even need the debate and the formality of a debate with somebody from the other side. With all that media pressure, international pressure, and I'm sure more pressure will be coming from the White House, can BB uh, get the time necessary to make this a complete operation um, you know you, you pose it uh, very correctly that, that our prime minister faces a lot of different pressures but um, thank God political leaders are also beholden to the people to one extent or another and uh, right now the people are suffering and they want to see an end to this kind of uh, persecution that is happening really from from Gaza and from rioters and I think that what 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 some people would call hawks are really just asking for a very simple concept to be met, and that is law and order. Uh, we want law and order in the streets. Uh, we want to not be attacked by rockets by terrorists. And that is, you could talk about international pressure and all that, but the bottom line is that the first responsibility of a state, especially the Jewish state, is to ensure the welfare of its citizens. So uh, our prime minister is basically, in one sense, has his hands tied by the terrorists because they are just acting with such impunity that he is forced to respond. Um, on the other hand, our prime minister is also a man who is the second longest-serving prime minister in Israel's history, not consecutively, but overall, and he has never gone to war. Uh, the, the thing about our prime minister, who I have tremendous admiration for, 
is that at the same time he's not a man who likes to go to war. He likes to find ways around that because his nature is to be really a builder. He likes to build infrastructure. He likes to build economy. And everybody kind of knows that uh, other than the terrorists, the country flourishes under his uh, leadership, and it flourishes in all the other ways, which is um, what, what makes Israel also a startup nation yeah. and, and, and the other successes that it has. And that's really a very big BB uh, Netanyahu uh, uh, success. So that's what he's good at. I, 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 I pray for him to have strength at this moment, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if the operation wouldn't be too massive and it would kind of fizzle out because that's been the track record. Um, but on the other hand, the impunity that we are seeing right now, uh, the azut metach, as we say here in Israel, the kind of uh, chutzpah uh, of the haters of Israel has reached new heights and it's kind of forcing his hands. That this is where the uh, praying comes into place. Uh, we do a lot of praying for the safety of Israel, and for the safety. And I appreciate that. We all appreciate that. We we pray for the safety of uh, fellow Jews and, and the people of Israel, and everybody else living here. But I also want to pray for the, uh, as I was saying before, the kind of audacious courage that is what being Israeli is all about. Also, because being an Israeli is also having that um, that chutzpah right. to say we will. You know, never again will we allow other nations to dictate uh, our safety or lack thereof. We will take matters into our own hands, of course, with the Rebona Shalom's help, but at the same time, he has given us the vessels through which to make that fight, and I, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the return of Jewish strength and Jewish sovereignty. And I think that at the end, what people are coming to understand is that halfway measures lead nowhere, and I think also that the average, pragmatic, not even religious Israeli has also come around to the realization that uh, two-state solutions and negotiations, all, all these things are fruitless, and that Israel has got to be brazen in defending itself and uh, has to come to a conclusion that we should have a, as, as Mayor Giuliani used to call it, a zero-tolerance uh, policy of the injury of Jewish people. That's what the Jewish state is all about. And we can't just play diplomatic games all day long and make sure that everybody likes us uh, it's important to get people to like us, and they will like us when we have our own self-respect as well. And and having a city, a town like Steyrot, just uh, you know, have completely an abnormal life, and now all the way up to Haifa and, and Jerusalem, that's intolerable. And uh, even our prime minister, who loves to build and not to make war, uh, is going to have to push back uh, against the haters of the of the Jewish people in Israel. Yishai, we always appreciate your time. Best regards to everybody in Jerusalem and throughout the entire Holy Land. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Thank you, Nachum. And again, I, I, as I always say, it's uh, that bridge that you were talking about, that channel between Israel and America, is the channel that unites one half of the Jewish people with the other half. And right now, that achdus gives us strength, and we have to keep it open. So I give you a great yeshua Thank you. Much appreciated. Yishai Fleischer from Israel here at JM and the AM. Operation Protective Edge, Tsuk Eitan, continues in the... Uh uh, it continues at the hands of the Israel Defense Forces, Israel Air Force, and we pray for the safety and security of all in Israel. Quarter before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM.